Hello, everyone. This is Tommy at World at War Comics. Thank you for joining us this week. Today, we have an amazing guest. Today, we have Colin Bunn. He is writer and creator extraordinaire. He has written for almost everyone, Marvel, DC, IDW, Image Comics, Dark Horse. Um, and we're speaking to him today specifically about Red Zone by AWA. Um, but he has written all kinds of stuff. He has a lot of amazing um, new things out right now. Check it out. We cover his entire career that spans over a decade um, from all of the different uh, collaborators that he's worked with, including Marvel, DC, and all of the other ones that I mentioned. We talk about X-Men. We talk about Deadpool. Um, but specifically, we're talking about Red Zone today. If you haven't read Red Zone, you need to check it out. It's an amazing comic. It's an amazing action thriller action nonstop throughout all three issues issue four comes out in about two weeks so get into your local comic book store and ask them to ensure that they are ordering red zone so you can pick it up you will not be disappointed one of my favorite reads of the year all right without further ado here is colin and i thanks everyone talk soon well hello everyone welcome to the show we got the one and the only colin bunn colin how are you pleasure to meet you thanks for jumping on I'm I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I, I've I've read a few articles of other interviews that you have done, and I think rightly so. You are named kind of horror king or thriller king. I don't know if you uh, have been told that, but man, you are you are an expert when it comes to uh, thriller episodes. It's quite amazing, and uh, you got a lot going on. I don't know how you uh, write so much and so diverse of stories. It's pretty incredible. One page, one page at a time. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I believe you're doing this full time um, for the last five years or so. Oh, uh, well, actually, more like uh, last twelve or so years. I've been I've been full time comic writer for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you would have to be to be able to pump out what you're pumping out because it's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Yep. So I wanted to jump in. Uh, this is a little bit funny. I, I did kind of pick this up in one of your I interviews, but can you share a little bit about X laser night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I mean, this is how far back it goes for me in comics, you know, yeah. comics has been part of my life, pretty much all my life. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, when I was in fourth and fifth grade, uh, my friends and I formed a, formed a team called the X laser nights. That's awesome. And it was a, uh, it we were the X Laser Knights. Uh, it was laser with a Z because that's the cooler way to spell laser. Of course. Um, and, and yeah, we had a we had a team, you know, and uh, and all during fifth grade every week, I put out, I wrote and drew a comic, featuring uh, all my friends as the characters, and we went on, you know, crazy space adventures. That's awesome. Uh, and my dad had a my dad had a photocopier at work, so I put that to use. And it was you know these six or eight page comics that I did every week, and I gave to everyone, everyone in my class once a week. I would give them a copy of of this comic. <laughs> and uh, sadly, sadly, I do not have any of those anymore. Oh, I can remember man. them vividly, but yeah. but I don't have any, and I don't think any of my former class I don't think my former classmates saw the collectability of them, and they just. Uh, Pitch oh, them right out the door. That's gotta hurt a little bit. Well, you know, it's all right. Yeah. It taught me it taught me a lesson early on about, yeah. <laughs> about comics. Well, it also shows your passion from uh the very beginning around comic books, which is really cool. 
What was the first comic book that you really got into and you couldn't miss an issue of? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember reading issues of X-Men mm-hmm. when they and it, we, I used to get comics at garage sales. So, yeah. you know, it was I. who knows what issues I was getting and, and where I was getting them from. But my dad would go to a garage sale and he'd bring me a box of comics or a grocery sack full of comics. I remember reading X-Men when they were still in the blue and gold uniforms. Uh, That's probably the earliest comic I remember reading. I remember reading uh, an issue of Avengers where they fought Atuma. And and I thought for sure that Atuma had killed the Avengers in that issue. I think it was 152, 150-something. And that terrified me right off the bat. Um, But I picked up an issue of Micronauts number 7. Mm. at the grocery store that was in the same shopping center where my dad's office was. And I sat in the back room of my dad's office and I must've read that issue a dozen, two dozen times sitting back in that office or in that back room. And, uh, and that was the comic that I think made me love comics because it had such a, it had such a, there was so much world building going on in those pages. And I recognized that, you know, this is a very young age and I was like, "There, he, this guy's doing something. He's not just telling a story about toys. Yeah. He's building this g- giant universe. Yeah. And it just, uh, that was, so Micronauts was the, the comic that made me just fall head over heels for comics. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, it must have been pretty crazy to also write for Marvel after having some of that impact on you as a, a young child reading X-Men and other I mean, what was that feeling like getting the chance to actually write a comic book that might have had an impact on you becoming a writer in the first place? Yeah, no, it. I mean, it's uh, I, I loved I loved working for Marvel. Um, I uh, you're right. I got to, you know, if you would ask me. You know, when I was in my 20s, if I would ever write Uncanny X-Men, which was which was the comic my dad and I collected together. He wasn't into comics, but he loved collecting comics. He loved buying issues. So we so we collected Uncanny X-Men and built a run, and then I sold them to pay for college. Um, but that, you know, if you'd asked me in my 20s if I was ever going to write Uncanny X-Men, I said, no, no way, no way. And uh, if you'd asked me six months before I wrote Uncanny X-Men if I was ever going to write Uncanny <laughs> X-Men, I said, oh, no, uh, no way. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it was a... It was really, um, it was sort of a humbling experience. It was exciting. I mean, when we were developing that series, for instance, there was a moment where they're like, well, maybe we change the titles. Maybe the title, maybe it's not Uncanny X-Men. I was like, listen, I'm writing Uncanny X-Men. That's the <laughs> one I'm writing. Um, and uh, because, and, and I did that because, you know, I really wanted to do it because of, of the memories that my dad and I had about the book. And, um, and yeah, it, it's just a, you know, it was a big deal to me because, uh, you know, I didn't write those characters for a quick buck. You know, right. I, I wrote those characters because, like you, I love those characters. And uh, and and even the ones, even the characters I didn't love, a lot of them I came to, you know, sort of embrace. And I love those characters now, yeah. uh, even though if you'd asked me before, I would have said, no, those aren't favorites. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could tell you as a reader of comics, you could kind of tell when a writer really enjoys the characters that they're writing for, and you could tell when they don't. And so uh, I, I think that's amazing to to be a fan of it and then to come in and write it. I, I think as a as a fan of that comic, you could really tell the difference. And I'm sure a lot of uh, fans appreciated that 
what about horror? I mean, you you literally are being called the, the king of horror or thriller. When did that start? Because that's that's a little different um, than X-Men and, and some of the other stuff. Was there a comic that had some kind of an impact where you're like, wow, I really love this type of comic book? Well, I, you know, again, even from a young age, I was reading those great uh, anthology comics like House of Mystery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, Charlton Charlton Comics put out so many amazing horror comics. You know, they just put out these great, great books. So I was reading those anthologies. I was reading eerie and creepy. I was, you know, I was, I was really into those. But, and and I even, and I still have this somewhere. I remember um, drawing, like I created my own haunted house, like the house of mystery, that this would be where people would tell, you know, ghost stories. And I drew yeah. all these monsters that lived in it. Um but I never, it, that wasn't my, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't see myself as a horror guy, right? For years and years and years. It wasn't, I mean, I liked those stories. I liked getting, you know, spooked out, but it, I wasn't a horror guy. Um, when I first decided I wanted to to really pursue writing as a career um, was right after, you know, early, you know, late, late high school. And I had gotten into horror movies at that point, and I had really got because I wanted to to do special effects makeup. Okay, yeah. And that didn't happen. Um, so, and I, I shifted goals to to writing, but I had been so sort of into the horror genre for a while. I started writing. I didn't know how to get into comics. I mean, yeah. all I was doing was getting rejection letter, form rejection letter after form rejection letter. So I started doing short stories mm. and I was submitting to horror magazines because I knew how to do that. And that really got me into it. And it really uh, expanded my view of the genre because I was reading so much of it and uh, and trying to tell different kinds of stories. And it just kind of it just kind of stuck with me. And my first couple of things that I did in comics. I wouldn't say were horror books. Mm -hmm. uh, the Damned was my first thing. And it was a you know, it had horror elements. It was right. a noir. It was a noir story with demons. Mm -hmm. And Sixth Gun is more of a fantasy, but it definitely had horror elements. Sure. And it's kind of built, you know, built from there, built from there. Harrow County was much more of a horror book. Yeah. And it just became, that's, it. it's definitely, and at one time I was kind of like, oh, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be the horror guy. I don't want people to think of me as the horror writer. And, and then at some point I was like, you know what? I don't care. I want them to think of me as the horror writer. I can at least break, I can do some branding towards that. If that's yeah. the case, if you want to see me as the horror guy, I'll just brand towards being the horror guy. And uh, so I embraced it at some point. Um, and, and I do, you know, I like doing other things, but, uh, but I, you know, I think I will always have, uh, you know, a horror book yeah. or two in the, in rotation, just because it's, you know, I think there's so much you can do with the genre. There's yeah. so much, uh, there's so the genre is so much more than a lot of people give it credit for. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and honestly, when I was, when I was working, you know, getting into, you know, when I was doing short stories and things like that, and I was attending the world, you know, world horror convention on a regular basis, the horror community is just so freaking welcoming yeah. and, and so kind. Mm -hmm. uh, I always want to be at least, you know, at least somewhere in that community. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the community has definitely embraced you. Um, and obviously, you know, after reading Red Zone and obviously Uncanny and Captain America, I mean, there's so many other things that you've done outside of horror. Um, you're very good at horror, but you're also very diverse in your ability to write a lot of different things. And uh, man, Red Zone, I don't know if you call it a thriller, but uh, 
man, the, the excitement and the heart pounding toward the end of the issues and then the, the, the kind of depression that sits in because it ends at a spot where you got to wait for that next <laughs> issue. I mean, it's it's exactly how I think this type of a book should go. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun to read. Um, I think you got one through three and then issue four is on its way. But uh, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, Red Zone and uh, what are your thoughts about this story? Yeah, uh, Red Zone is is definitely a bit of a departure for me. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, it is a it's an action thriller. I yeah. mean, it's it's straight action thriller. Um, it you know it it starts out we're following this uh this gentleman named Randall Crane who's this you know he's he's getting on in years. He's a professor of uh, of of Russian history and literature and uh and he gets called uh he he gets called upon to join sort of this task force to go to moscow uh for this meeting and once he gets there things just fall apart i mean we you know he's he's assigned this team of of hard-edged hard-nosed mercenaries who are there with him right and it's not it's not that big a spoiler to say they get wiped out by the, <laughs> the troubles that uh that immediately befall them yeah. and randall is randall's left on his own to kind of to kind of this sort of doddering quirky older gentleman is left on his own to 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 face these challenges and you quickly find out he you know he has a history in russia Yep. He has he has a, a particular set of skills and he is uh, you know he's definitely up yeah. to the challenge. That caught and, me by surprise, by the way. <laughs> well, that was that was the you know, that was the hope in the first issue is that can, yeah. can, you know will people know what's happening right away, yeah. right? So I think we tried to keep that under wraps as best we could. It's, yeah. a, it's a little diff it's a little difficult with comics, but yeah, he he has these, you know, he's he's definitely capable. Yeah, but he also has all these. You know, he has a history in Russia, and all of these um, these killers and assassins that he has history with are yeah. coming out of the woodwork to uh, to to end his life. Yeah. So it's it's following that story of uh, of him trying to survive, him trying to save this young woman that he's been connected with, yeah. um, and and trying to get out of Russia while every every terrible person in Russia is trying to kill him. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty amazing. I'm telling you, I, I think it was this last issue three. I was like, oh, come on, man. Don't stop there. So I can't wait for issue four. I think issue four comes out in a week and a half. Is it? I'm not sure when the release date is. I think the the, the final order cutoff is coming up real quick. Like, okay. I think, I you know, depending on when this airs, the mm-hmm. final order cutoff for that issue is within the next few days. So you need to tell your comic shop you want it. Uh, if you haven't read the first few issues, they they might they should you know hopefully they have some on the shelf or they can get get a hold of them somewhere. Uh, but yeah, the 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 final order cutoff is coming up in a few days, and then that would mean the fourth issue comes out in a couple of weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. No, if you haven't read it, you got to jump on this. It, it's been pretty amazing and a lot of fun to read. Um, I'm hoping that this is the the first of a, another four-part series, hopefully in the next year or so, because it's been really exciting. And and when you look at like comic books that could be adapted for like TV or movies, I would think Red Zone would be one of them. Um, just because the way it's written, it's just a lot of fun. I would love to see it on the screen. It's a It, it, it was a fun book. Like I said, it was a weird book for me because when I first started working on it, first started outlining it, it was very real world. I mm-hmm. mean, it's this is our world. 
And uh, and I just couldn't help myself though. It, there's definitely some weird, uh, weird characters in here, and and I kind of embraced, I kind of embraced some some James Bond in it. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. <laughs> the, in terms of some of the villains, especially yeah. the Roger Moore era of James Bond, where you could really get into some some strange uh, yeah. strange characters. So so there's some there's some there's some oddball characters in here that that kind of push the weirdness factor a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's a comic, you know. Yeah. I needed some of that, you know. I, yeah. you know why not? I thought it I felt mean, nice. I thought it fit nice. Yeah, there's definitely one character for sure that I was surprised was in it, and uh, it made yeah, it a lot think, of fun. You know, I think it's fun. I mean, you can get it. You you get the idea real quick. The second issue, I believe, the cover has this robotic hand coming down, yeah. pulling a set of dentures out of a glass of water. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. And I was like, that sums this series up. You know. That's <laughs> yeah for sure for sure no that was a lot of fun and, and a, a great joy to read and i can't wait for issue four to come out and to see how that ends and see if it doesn't leave a little bit of an opening for another four-part series to, down the road well that depends if randall survives or not I yeah mean, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah we're hoping we he does i hope he does if not uh what is it is it nika nika yeah yeah is yeah. his his companion in the uh in the series she has some uh she has some secrets of her own so uh nice. some some interesting things with her as well but who says she survives i don't you know no one might no one i might have been in a really bad mood at the, uh, <laughs> the fourth issue and just everybody everybody's everyone's gone well that would be very similar to the first issue when everyone <laughs> but <Rachel> was gone <laughs> so i guess it would end the way it began yeah. right It'd be good book uh uh endings for that i need like i need like a, a variant a variant you know there's variant covers i need yeah. a variant interior here's the <laughs> here's the everybody dies variant yeah exactly that would be a lot of fun actually you might be onto something to be honest on that <laughs> if, I, if i can if i can sell a publisher on the idea of variant interiors i will have accomplished something I think that would be pretty cool to be honest, right? You could pick the, the variant that you want to right. roll with it, or or you can yeah. end it there and see all the the mayhem that took place in, in the ending of the comic. I think it'd be a lot of fun. You know, comic readers love to curate their own stories. You know, that's why some read, you know, when they get into Batman, that well, I only read this series of Batman and that's all that counts. So I think it'd be kind of nice. You, you know, on the cover. You could even have like little scales, like the happiness to sadness scale or something. There you, know, you, go, yeah. you know, and or uh, or violence to to kindness scale or something that they could just curate their uh, their variant interiors and get the story they want. Yeah, you know, uh, I have four kids; they're all adults now. But I remember um, buying books for them, and there was a series of kids' books where it would you could pick, you could read like. It'd be a hundred page book and you read through the first 80, but then you could pick which way you wanted to go for the last 10 pages. Um, and it was a lot of fun. They really liked it. I can't remember what it was called, but I'll have to look it up. But yeah, it's, it's been well, it's done like before. A, it's like a choose your own adventure, but exactly. like one or two choices at the end. I like that. Yeah. 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 I think red zone would be perfect for that. Yeah, I do too. From, from your <laughs> mouth to, from your mouth to AWA's ears. There you go. If you're listening to AWA, uh, I think right. we're on to something here. Well, you got a lot going on. I certainly wanted to touch on uh red zone, but if it's okay, I mean, you got a lot of other things going on too. Um, door to door night by night. That's a pretty fun read as well. You want to tell us a little bit more about this one? <laughs> I really enjoyed this one as well. Um, yeah, door to door, night by night, definitely is probably more than red zone. Is takes place in in a, in a horror centric world. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and uh, it is a it's a it's a horror comedy. It's about a, a door to door sales team in the in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every town they they explore, or every town they reach, um, they encounter some horrible monster, <laughs> and they kind of become these. And these this a group of this door to door sales team, they are not uh they're not hero material. You right. Know, they're, yeah. they're burnouts and drunks <laughs> and uh, and addicts. Yeah. And, uh, but they they're thrown into this sort of role of of fighting monsters every issue, and at the same time, obviously dealing with their own internal monsters but yeah, yeah it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's a uh, you know, every issue there almost every issue is a, a self-contained story mm-hmm. that uh, there's some there's some threads that go through and some character arcs that go through yeah um, but yeah it's a uh, it's a fun book it's uh it draws a lot upon you know when i was when i was a younger person i did door-to-door sales mm-hmm. So I draw a lot of uh, from that experience uh, and the people that that I worked with in door to door sales, and uh, and yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun book uh, for me, um, and uh, it's drawn by Sally Cantorino, and she's great. She has such a a, a great style for this kind of this kind of story, and and has a uh, you know we we and when we say monster hunting, we're not really talking about vampires and werewolves. There's a bunch right. of weird creatures in this book. Every, Very. But, very uh, much a weird monster yeah yeah but you find yourself really uh, connecting with certain characters um and kind of pulling for them as well because of right you you have that outward monsters but like you said there's these inward monsters too and you start to find out more and more about these monsters that they're battling as they're battling these physical monsters together and I, I think you can make a lot of connections, right? If you're starting to uh, spend some time concentrating on the actual characters as opposed to the monsters that they're fighting. And I think that is very relatable for, uh, I think, a lot of readers, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's important in a book like this that we, we you know, that I make those connections because mm-hmm. that's, you know, yes, it's a humor book, but I also want to to mm-hmm. scare readers a little bit. And, and yeah. scares in a book like this come from, connecting with the characters and worrying if they're going to pull through, if they're going to make it to the end, if something, you know, something terrible is going to happen to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Well, that's another one. I think you're on what issue five, if I'm not mistaken, or four. I think, yeah, I think issue five. Yeah. Five just came just out. Came out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then, uh, trade soon. I'm sorry, Colin. It'll be collected in a trade paperback uh, within the next you know month or two, I think. Nice. Yeah. 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 No, that's incredible. And then uh, ghost lore. So I, I, I was lucky enough by uh, working with uh, Comic Crusaders, I was able to get an early release of that and and dug into it. I really enjoyed that. I mean, it uh, right. It follows a family. There's the reverend, his wife, and then the two kids. Um, and like any family, right, there's little internal issues. I got four kids. There's all, all kinds of things always going on that, uh, you're trying to deal with while you're trying to manage your professional life, while you're trying to manage your family, while you're trying to come together, you know, one person's not talking, the other one's involved in other things they probably shouldn't be in. So there's this worry as a parent going around constantly, but then it takes a a crazy turn, like the last few pages. Um, that was another fun read. Yeah, it's, a. you know, I'm trying to do a number of these books that are you know, that are different, different for you know, hopefully different for readers, but uh, yeah. but definitely I want to do some things that are different for me, and I have to approach them different. Red Zone, for instance, 
yeah. action thriller. So it's a different kind of challenge because right. part of the fun for me is trying to figure out, you know, these, you know, is, is to challenge myself to do different things, figure out if I can do these stories. Um, door to door is different because of the humor aspect and the thing, you know, sort of the, the single issues. And then uh, ghost lore is a very different kind of book because it's, it's got the, uh, the a story, which is the story of this family. Yep. Um, and, uh, and what happens to them is, you know, after an accident, they can, the, the members of this family can, can see and communicate with ghosts. Yeah. And these ghosts want to tell stories. Mm -hmm. So every issue we have a different creative team comes in and we tell one of the stories. The, yeah. the conceit of the book was always what ghost stories would ghosts tell. So yeah. these are the stories the ghosts tell. So for every issue, uh, for five pages, bam, here's a new creative team or, or a new artistic team and, and a new, uh, you know, a different kind of story that the ghosts are telling. And and wrapped around that is the A story that's also telling this big, this story that's getting bigger and bigger and more epic as it goes along. So, uh, so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a challenge to write because uh, the epic story, there's a lot going on. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's an epic story. I mean, yeah. It goes to some some big dark places, and we really dig in with this family. Um, and then I, you know, a five page ghost story that's a challenge to write. Five pages pages is is short. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I'm 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 using, you know, very different sort of storytelling techniques in each of these stories, and you're going to see some very different kinds of stories. So it's got a little bit of an anthology vibe, but it's also got this ongoing story. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's amazing if. I think it just released last week. Um, so I saw it in my local comic book store this last Wednesday. So if you haven't picked that one up, um, it sounds like it was already great. Now it sounds like it's going to get even better with these uh, short stories in them, which it kind of ends with a, not so much a short story um, told from the perspective of a ghost, but you start to see all these characters toward the end. So there's a lot of, uh, I'm assuming a lot of material um over the next uh, few issues that you could utilize because uh i'm like you said each of them have their own story that they want to tell and I, I can't wait to dig in yeah it's uh it, it it's a uh, it goes to some some weird and uh and crazy places yeah yeah then the next one that uh, i just read it gave me twilight zone feel and that was uh lamentation wow yeah yeah, right. It follows, I think her name's Jennifer, if I'm not mistaken. And she's, uh, um, you know, I think an aspiring actress. And uh, she she reads uh, an opportunity, right? And she ends up at this building and it doesn't look like anybody's been in that building for a long time, but she presses forward and she walks in. And then it gets really interesting after that. And uh, it kind of reminded me of old Twilight Zone style TV. Growing up, there was this one Twilight Zone show um, that I watched and I had nightmares about it. And I don't know why it wasn't scary, but it was this guy and he was driving his car through the mountains and he stops at a cafe and everyone in there is just, you know, having a cup of coffee. He sits down and has a coffee, too. And then he gets up and drives and now he can't leave and he's on this road and he keeps coming back to the cafe yeah. And it just, it's over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden he ends up sitting down and then a new person drives in and sits down for a call. And then they just keep adding people to this cafe. And I don't know why that scared the heck out of me, but I had, again, it's not the story, but it, I had this feeling of that when I was reading it. 
Well, I, I know that episode you're talking about, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think what the payoff was of it, and I can't. But uh, I feel like what's what makes that kind of story scary, at least yeah. for me, is, all right, look, you encounter something awful, right? Um, you could fight it. Yeah. But the one, and you probably will die. But the one thing you know you can do is you can try to flee. You can get the hell out of there. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing with a story like that is, that takes that away from you. You yeah. can't get away. No matter what you do, you you uh, you end up in the same spot. So you can't. There's no escape. Yeah. And, and I think that sense of not being able to escape uh, speaks to something sort of in in the lizard brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. She, Jennifer goes into this uh, this old theater, and she uh, immediately they, she walks in, and they're like, "I'm here to audition." They said, "You've got the part." Yeah. And the uh, but the which seems great for her, but the problem is she can't leave the theater. The yeah. theater, you know, she's trapped. Yeah. And she cannot leave until the play is performed for a certain group of, of individuals. Yeah. And uh and then the story goes from there. And it's and I could see some twilight zone to that. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily my you know top of mind. I was thinking a lot of like a uh Suspiria or uh Dario Argento's opera. Or um, uh, even the King in Yellow uh, by Robert Chambers. There's a lot of that kind of stuff that I that I had in mind as I was that I was working on this. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a three issue series. The first one just came out, um, and they are they're three issues, but they're like forty eight. They're double sized issues. They're real they're real meaty issues of this series. Yeah, and yeah. It's a uh, it it's a uh, it's a fun book, uh, especially if you like story if you like stories about people not being able to get out of theaters <laughs> no matter what they do and yeah. and it's and, and again it's another one that was a little bit of a challenge because i was really trying to do something that blended the story of of jennifer in the in the theater with this ongoing play that's kind of kind of building around them and the play and and reality are sort of bleeding together in weird ways um so it's a it's a it's a it is a a strange spooky read yeah yeah no it's i think it's going to turn out to be pretty interesting this next uh, issue because the way that it feels like we laid a really good foundation of this certain situation that jennifer is stuck in and i think things are going to get real real fast here that was yeah, nice it, at the end yeah. They, it it definitely it it escalates in uh in sort of big ways uh over the course of the three issues nice nice well, I mean, that you, you're you working on a lot of stuff. Um, I wrote down all the different things that you've done over the last, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years. And it, it's- You wrote them all down? Send that to me. I need not to all of them, but I got a lie here from cold spots to Darth Maul to, I mean, you've done a lot of different things and very diverse. So I know we've talked a lot about that horror side that you're becoming known for, but you really have, I mean, Sinestro- I mean, you've done a lot of really cool things. Um, and, and this is probably a, an unfair question because it's like maybe picking your favorite child. But is there a couple that you're like, man, this was maybe not my favorite, but one of the funnest things I was able to do? Oh, see, now that is a different question. Mm -hmm. Most fun. Hmm. Like, man, I wish I could do that again because I really enjoyed doing that. Well, you know, and I have to break it into different things because, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm almost exclusively creator owned now. I do a few licensed things here yeah. and there if it's something that uh, that really speaks to me. Right. Like yeah. I'm never going to turn down a Godzilla 
I'm, I'm never going to turn down a Godzilla book. <laughs> and, and it's funny, and speaking of, since we started talking about with AWA, you know, Axel yeah. Alonso, uh, Axel at AWA, I doubt he remembers this, but uh, he was, you know, he was the editor-in-chief when I when I first started working for Marvel as an, mm-hmm. you know, as an exclusive writer. Mm-hmm. And I remember right after I got, I signed the exclusive, uh, I got offered a Godzilla comic at another <laughs> publisher. I said, oh, I've always wanted to write a Godzilla comic. And I reached out to Axel and I was like, hey, Axel, man, I know I just signed this exclusive. And uh, but, you know, this is a Godzilla book. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think I could uh, maybe we could figure out a way that I could write this? And uh, and his response was something like. He just completely ignored the question. <laughs> like that question does not exist. To yeah, me. Yeah. His next question was about Deadpool. It was like, it was like I asked him that and he's like, so with this Deadpool book that you're writing for us. It's, you know, um but yeah um so i'm almost exclusively creator owned now yeah but uh but you know so i so i have to divide it you know if i think about the most fun i had with creator own it's probably going to be the sixth gun or harrow county which are also two of the books i would always refer people to if they are not familiar with my work both yeah. of those books were long, long runs of a series. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, we were able to do exactly what we wanted to do with the book and end it exactly where we wanted to eat to end both of those series. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it was just a, they were just joys to work on. Yeah. If you, if you talk about, um, you know, books like, you know, for Marvel or DC, I loved writing Sinestro. I'd still be writing Sinestro today if they'd have let me. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. I loved writing Uncanny X-Men and Magneto stories. I'd still be writing Uncanny X-Men and Magneto stories if, yeah. if they'd let me. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved writing Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. um, the the hate mail for that was a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> the, the, the people were really angry that these characters were were getting getting killed by, by Deadpool. Um, you know, I, so I mean, kind of in the title though, right? Look, what am I supposed to do? Not build that promise? I mean, I'm sorry, but um, like if you pick up that title and you're upset that someone died, I, I feel like it's on you. Right. But you still, I, there's something fun, you know, if yeah. almost everything I work on, yeah. I've, I've found something fun to, about mm-hmm. that, that book. Yeah. Um, you know, there's very few that, that I really, you know, that I just couldn't find find the joy because yeah. i feel like if you get to that point if you're one of those you know one of those folks who just hates comics yeah well don't do comics do something else yeah. you know i i guarantee no one wants to read your your yeah. your dreck yeah. so yeah. you know so i at least you know i want to have fun what i'm doing with what i'm doing or i don't want to do it yeah so so i always you know and i'm not saying well first of all look i write comic. i you know i tell I tell funny book stories for a living. Not yeah. a not a bad job, so I'm not complaining about the job. It's not always fun, though. There are days where it's difficult, where the story's not working the way you want it to, where things just aren't aren't flowing. But there's always that moment. You know, I tell pretend stories for a living, and you got to remind you know you remind yourself of that. <laughs> and, uh, and it's you should be able to find something fun in everything you're doing. And and the hope is it's all fun. Yeah, uh, and even the challenges, even the 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 things you the puzzles you have to solve, uh, in order to tell these stories are are fun. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, so so always, you know, there's something fun about almost everything I've done, or at least that I found fun about it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes the thing I, the, sometimes the things I find fun, other people don't. They're like, oh, this is the the worst. What a terrible person you are. But uh, you know, I still find, you know, I got to find fun in being terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My kids remind me that all the time. Yeah. Things, things I find funny, they don't find funny at all. Not always. Not always. You know. It's and, not and, always right. And and different people, you know. Look, you, you you, I write stories, and I don't expect everyone to love every story. You yeah. know, I uh, you know, I'm not a, um, I'm not a songwriter. I'm not a, I'm not a musician. I can't go out and do the same thing every every time I, you know, every time on stage. I have to do do different stories. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's uh, not everybody's going to like every different story, but I appreciate the people who give them a try. And yeah. <laughs> and see what they think. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know from an ex as a writer, what is more difficult picking up X-Men, knowing that they have this canon that you have to kind of hold to, right? Obviously, as a writer, you probably have some wiggle room to to create a story that you want to create, but you do have a history that you have to kind of respect when you're writing something like that. Um, and then you have, you know, your own creations that you're doing right now. Which one is more difficult for you, picking up an X-Men and having to continue or being able to jump right in and have a story that you've had kind of in your heart that you want to release, but you got to put it on paper? Well, I can tell you that the creator-owned stuff, yeah. always goes faster okay i mean i it's it's always a they they write a little more smoothly the stories kind of you know i mean it's a dumb saying story writes itself but in a lot of ways it feels like the story yeah. writes itself yeah. uh absolutely it's it, it there are you write something like uh you know uncanny x-men mm -hmm. you've got a or any any of the stories for you know Marvel DC you have to you're you're kind of you have the history of the characters that you know some people throw out the window and some people want to to honor the stuff that came before but tell tell new stories um, which I think is a little more difficult to to tell something new but keep the old stuff in mind yeah um, but that's the way I that's the way I'm wired with those mm -hmm. kind of stories. Yeah. Um, but then you also have to balance what the you know what you know what the publishing mandates for those characters are, what editorial mandates for those characters are, what other writers might be doing with those characters, um, you know. So so it's just a there's always a, a there's always there are always many more hurdles to jump through to get a story told in mm -hmm. in in those kind of uh, those kind of universes. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes it's easier and sometimes the, you know, editorial and publishing, the stars align and, and you actually can do something and, and kind of run with it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a lot of, you know, your plans get destroyed, you know, because of, you know, some event that's coming down the, you know, coming down the pipe or, or something that someone in a different book is going to do with a character that completely derails what you have planned. Yeah. Um, so th there are just, there are more hurdles for sure in a in a in a book that I don't own and control completely. Yeah, yeah. So is there a preference over one and then the other? Uh, 
for me, there's no comparison. There's no comparison. Creator owned is is the the is where it is. Yeah. Um, I just I just enjoy that, and I feel like I'm creating my own, you know, my own my own stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, you know, like I said, I if it's a character or or property that I just really have a you know that I'm really into, that's fun and it's awesome. And it's one, you know, it's one of those, oh man, this is, you know, I get to finally, you know, tell this crazy Godzilla story that's in my head. <laughs> but I also, maybe I don't, because who knows if, you know, the the licensor is going to like what I'm, what I'm going to suggest. Um, but there are, you know, look, there are licenses. I had a publisher call me on something that I'm going to be working on down the line. And mm-hmm. they said, would you be interested in doing this for this property? And I told him, I was like, if you had not offered me this, we would have never worked together again because I would have been so offended that you didn't, <laughs> that you didn't offer me this project because it's yeah. perfect for me. Yeah. Um, so that and and you know, I just don't, I don't necessarily chase that stuff anymore. Yeah. I don't, uh, you know, but if it comes up, I, you know, I, I definitely want to, you know, I, I like participating in those universes. And like I said earlier, I love these characters. Yeah. So, if DC were to call me and said, Hey, we sure would like to do another Sinestra before the words were finished. I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm in. Or if, if Marvel called me and said, do you want to come back in and tell that Magneto and the Brotherhood of Mutant story that you pitched to us for, you know, month after month, after month, after month, I'm in, you know, it's, I absolutely do. Yeah. Uh, and that's because I love those characters and I love that, you know, I, I love that world. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had a chance? Uh, I didn't see Godzilla on all the things that you've done. Are you still waiting for that phone call? No, no, no. So I wrote uh, a, a bunch of years back, right after right after my exclusive with Marvel ended. Uh-huh. I uh, did I did a book called Godzilla Cataclysm with IDW. Uh-huh. Nice. And then and then last year, I did uh, a crossover that you would think had been done already, which was Godzilla versus the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Ah, uh, yeah. So we, we did that last year. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, if, if you were to look over at my board of pitches and, and ideas that I've got sent that I've been sending out to people, uh, <laughs> I just said I don't chase that stuff. But you would definitely see the word Godzilla several times <laughs> over here on this board. So, so the itch hasn't been fully scratched yet. There's, you know, there's an exception to every rule, right? Yeah. I don't chase it except for <laughs> all those mentions up here on my board of submissions. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm glad that you had the opportunity. It sounds like uh, there might be more though to it. So I feel like the the scratch, um, the itch is still there a little bit. You know, it, it there is, and and with all these stories, yeah. You know, it really, it really matters if if I think there's something I can do with yeah. those characters or that idea. If yeah. I don't think I'm the right guy for a book, like. Used to be back in the day. Uh, nope. If you offer me a book, I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not always the right call. Sure. Uh, it took me a while to learn that, yeah. um, because I'm not the right guy for every story. Yeah. But if it, so, that's the you know, someone calls me and says, "Hey, do you want to write?" I don't know. It's weird. I get, I get. You know, I saw there was a Mad Balls comic. You know, out. <laughs> I'm like, man, how come nobody asked me to write? <laughs> Um and why? Why would I want to write Mad? Because I thought Mad Balls were cool when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, um so but I have to I have to think to myself, do I have a Mad Ball story that's gonna matter? That you know, what's 
what's my Eisner winning mad ball story? You know, that's the kind of stuff I have to consider. Can I contribute to the mythology and tell a story that's interesting? Uh, and if the answer is yes, and yeah. I think I can have fun doing it, then I might be interested. And that's where, you know, there might be some surprises down the line, things that, that yeah. aren't necessarily what I would consider, you know, this is in my, you know, this is in, in my wheelhouse, you know, there, if there's things that I think, man, there's a story I can tell here yeah. that might, might take some people by surprise, might surprise me, but it's also going to be fun and interesting. Yeah. And I have something to say telling that story, then yes, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Incredible. Incredible. So, uh, you know, we started off, I called you the king of horror, um, but you've done so many other things. Is there, I mean, are you okay with that? Or do you not want to be known for that? Because you do have a lot of different stories. Like, does that bother you? Because you're really good at it. I mean, it's, no, it is, that, it is cool. I mean, you're really good at that. <laughs> no, uh, it doesn't bother me. I, 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 like I said earlier, uh, from a branding perspective, I've definitely, I've embraced it. I think, I think yeah. my website, when you type it in, it comes up to like master of horror comics. Or yeah. So, uh, yeah. so I'm that guy, you know, yeah. I, I'm gonna, uh, so I'm, I'm all, I'm all in on, on being, being a horror guy. It's, uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, I can tell different kinds of stories and still be, be a yeah. horror guy. And, uh, and really, you know, a lot of times horror elements blend, bleed into whatever I'm I'm working sure. on anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I I am fine with it. I like it. Uh, I kind of uh I kind of I like, you know, I like being called the master of, of horror or the king the king of anything. If someone's yeah. gonna call him the king, I'm like, sure. Well, yeah, that's me. I'm the king. Whatever. Yeah. I'm, you know, hail to the king, baby, and whatever you, whatever you say, <laughs> that's me. Whatever they want to call me, the king of, I don't care. Yeah, the exactly. King of, the king of of My Little Pony comics, sure, that's me. Sure. I'm the king Why of my not? Pony. I've never written a My Little Pony comic, but if you want to call me the king, that's fine. I'm the king. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Colin, I, I can't tell you how uh, awesome it's been to uh, meet you and to hear your story. Um, you know, it started off uh, really wanting to cover Red Zone, which is just a fantastic book. If if you're listening to this and you haven't picked this up by AWA, you're really missing out. It's just a it's a masterpiece, um, Colin. I really enjoy it a lot. Thank you. It's a, I've been really, you know, that's a book. Um, every book, when it, it, every new issue that comes out, I kind of hold my breath to see what people are going to say. Yeah. Uh, but Red Zone, I definitely was kind of. Oh, this one, you know, here we go. Buckle up. Cause what are people going to say about this thing? Cause it was such a, such a departure. Um, but I was re I've been really, really pleased with the, the reaction to the book. It doesn't hurt that Mike, the great Mike Theodato is doing the, doing the art on, you yeah, know, on it. That's incredible. Uh, I mean, he's, he's such a, he's such a cinematic artist and he's yeah. so good. He's so good at action and making the pages you know, that's a talking head page you're holding up there. Incredible. But it does such a great job of the yeah. motion, you know, and really and so in a sense of uh, even the uh, emotion in the eyes yeah. and, and the, the facial expressions. I mean, yeah, Mike just did a, a bang up job throughout uh, this this comic. It's incredible. Yeah. So so I was I was nervous when it came out, but I've been very pleased with the way people have reacted to it. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm glad I'm glad folks are enjoying it because uh, it, it was a. 
it was a fun, you know, it was a fun book. You know, there's it, it, it definitely when I got into the second and third issue, I was like, are people going to follow me along on this? If if I, you know, is this taking things, yeah. is this taking things a step too far? Is it getting too weird here? No, no let's keep, think. let's see what happens. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, no, it's been really good. And like I said, issue four in a couple of weeks, can't wait to to see how this ends. And fingers crossed that it'll end in a way that uh, hopefully there's some more because it's been really enjoyable. It's nonstop action, by the way, just nonstop. You, you get through the first few pages as that foundation is laid, and then it's just nonstop through all yeah. three issues. It's incredible. Yeah, we we put the we we put our foot down on the accelerator with yeah. it, and uh, you know I knew going into it again. Mike has such a you know a talent for action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know it's interesting because you know there's a bit of martial arts in this. Yeah. And, you know, and I've studied I've studied martial arts a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but Mike, I mean, he's like a a martial arts master. <laughs> so, you know, writing that, I was like, all right, Mike, this is what he does. He kicks him in this way. Yeah. But you do it the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, don't <laughs> the way it's supposed to be done for someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. So that that's fun too, because that guy, I mean he doesn't mess around. He's not, he's not a, he's not an armchair take martial arts because your son is taking martial arts. Something to talk about. This guy is like into it. Legit. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. 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 Um, The last question I ask everybody uh, this, what do you think um, the current situation in comics is? Do you think it's super positive and we have a lot to look forward to? Do you think there needs to be some major changes? How do you, how do you see comic the comic industry as a whole? Wow. Hey, let's go out on a light note, man. <laughs> um, look, so I have an opinion. I'll share it after, but I would love to know yours. Uh, so I feel like story-wise we have, it is so positive. There are so yeah. many stories out there. Mm-hmm. There's so much potential for stories. On the creator-owned front, I think you are seeing stories that, I think there's so much, there's so many publishers doing so many cool stories. And if they're, it, it doesn't matter what kind of story you're into. Yeah. There's a comic for you. I agree. And, and I think it's exciting on the, the, you know, then we get into, you know, self-publishing and crowdfunding and stuff like that. And I think that's exciting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Am I, you know, do I think <laughs> I'm a little worried uh, in terms of of how comics are doing, in terms of 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 getting them in the hands of readers and, and attracting mm-hmm. attracting new readers, I I make no as I was telling you before, you know, before this started, I think the concept of marketing comics yeah. is exceptionally difficult, mm-hmm. and probably probably the only other thing in comics that's more difficult is running a comic book shop. And mm-hmm. and staying afloat as a comic book shop, I think that's a that is a uh, that's a huge challenge. And uh, I'm always going to say I wish I've always been trying to figure out how do you make that? What do we do? How do we make it easier for comic book? Yeah, you know, publishers, marketers, creators, but the retailers too. How do we make it easier for them to get as many comics as possible into the hands of as many readers as possible? Yeah. And I think we're in a challenging time right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there are, there are challenges 
that that we're facing in terms of you know AI and you know I, I yeah, threw yeah. up in my threw up in my mouth just a little bit just yeah not you know uh, listening to you say that yeah it's it's a little yeah. scary I mean so I think you know there's challenges with that I think there are percep there are still weird perceptions in comics about what is mm-hmm. what is uh what's an important comic and what's not and uh and and look. I think it's an individual decision. What's important to you? Sure. And, and you know, if you like superhero comics, go yep. forward. If, yep. But but you know, it's difficult when you know you're doing creator own books, and some people just kind of blow that off because it doesn't have a guy in spandex in it. Yeah, yeah. That's a you know, that's that's a little you know. I think, and I think there's the challenge is getting that crossover appeal because yeah. I think there are books. You know, if you love action superhero books. Yeah. Red Zone's for you too. Absolutely. Red Zone is there is a robot hand picking dentures up out of the glass. Come on. Exactly. How, yeah. how much more superhero can you know superhero adjacent can you get? <laughs> so it's just a matter of, you know, I think there's I think that's the thing is getting more yeah. books into the hands of more people and figuring out how to do that. Um yeah. there's never gonna be a time that I wouldn't say there are difficulties in comics and things yeah. that need to be addressed and, you know, how creators are everything from how, you know, creators are treated to getting new creators into the, you know, into the thing and, and representing different voices. There's always, always going to be work to do on that sure. front. Yeah. But for me right now, I'm going to say, I think from a, a types of stories and the kinds of stories and the wealth, the yeah. weird, you know, it's a, you know, it's a comedy of riches. There's yeah. just so much out there that that are great books that, uh, that. But in some cases, nobody's reading them. And yeah. there's there's the you know getting people to read those books. You know, and it's tough for me to say. You know, my local comic shop closed down a couple of years ago, and I've been so angry about it. I don't go to you know I don't you know I don't have a local comic shop anymore. So I go to you know I have to go. Uh, I have to go when I go do signings and things like that. That's when I go to my, you know, to to new comic shops. But I don't have one now because yeah. mine here in my town closed, and it made me made me mad and bitter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I on one side, right there, there is worry, but we've we've gone through this. I mean, you remember the '90s and the crash, right? We've gone through ups and downs constantly. But I think independent comics right now, the stories that are being told, it might be the richest time in comics, because one, although it's not cheap, it's the availability and the opportunity to bring your story to paper is easier today than it was five years ago, and and so on and so forth, right? And you're seeing, like you said, through crowdfunding all kinds of people bringing stories. And I think that is amazing. To your point, I think the hard part is getting people to try it out. Um, but man, I, I'm telling you, the indie scene is rich right now with stories. And if they could get people to read them, I think they'll get caught because they're incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is definitely getting eyes on the, getting people to, to, to read them, but it's, uh, you know, the, the only, to me, the biggest drawback of there being so many things yeah. is, is there so much it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. I for mean, sure. I, I back, for instance, on Kickstarter, I back a ton of Kickstarters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a sickness with me, everything from, you know, <laughs> comics to role-playing games, to board yeah. games, to shoes, <laughs> to backpacks. Yeah. I just, I back all this stuff. Yeah. And I still miss things. I was just talking to someone yesterday and I was like, this is one of the coolest books I've ever seen. And they're like, 
Well, we ran a Kickstarter for it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so it's easy to miss. It's easy yeah. to miss things yeah. uh, because there's so much. And there's, you know, that's a challenge, you know, for someone who's trying to break in and maybe doing their own comic or creating their own yeah. things, which is, I think, a great way to break into comics, no matter what you want to do, what your goal is. Yeah. Um, but it it that's that that challenge is real. It's easy to get lost in in the shuffle, and uh, and you got to find the things that will you know that will will get attention and set you apart. And and those things aren't necessarily a gimmick. It's yeah. it's you you got to find the the heart and soul mm-hmm. that's gonna you know connect with someone. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate your honest answer, Colin. Um, but I, I do think uh, independent is. Uh, has the potential to be very strong. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that comes to fruition because, and I love it. AWA is, uh, just pumping out all kinds of amazing stuff. And uh, red zone is one of them. And uh, I'm really, really excited about this book. Can't wait for issue four to come out to complete this four part series and, uh, see what you're coming out with next. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what people think of the end. Um, We'll see if those characters, if those characters make it through and, <laughs> and their potential for more beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping I could read that and go, oh, thank you, Colin. I don't want to be upset, Colin. Oh, well, I don't want to upset heart, Don't hurt my heart. Don't hurt my heart, man. I love it. I can't, I can't promise. I can't <laughs> All right. Promise. Sounds good. That's what you should say. That's what you should say. Well, Colin, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to end with uh, that uh, people need to know what you're working on, where you're going to be in the next few weeks, any of those type of things, any um, cons coming up? Well, yeah, um, I'm not doing as many big comic cons this year, but I am doing Heroes Con in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's just in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's I'm doing a convention next week in Texas, but it's the first convention I've done in 20 years that I'm just doing for fun. I'm not doing, I'm I'm just going, uh, it's a horror convention, but I'm Uh just going just to remind myself uh, what I love, you know, and and reconnect in in sort of a, uh, I'm going with friends, we're going to just hang out and have a great time, and I haven't done that in in decades so i'm doing that but then then back back to the grind of it i'll be in i'll be at uh heroes con in a couple of weeks that's a always a great show if you're anywhere within driving distance it's an amazing creator focused show that uh that's just always a lot of fun um if you want to keep up with me the you know i have a website cullenbun.com and from that website you can subscribe to my newsletter i do i do a weekly newsletter that I put, you know, I, I probably, it's probably too much information sometimes because I put a lot of what I'm really thinking about, what I'm working on, how yeah. things are going, what I think the, you know, you know, the direction I think things are going. And sometimes it's just me moaning and, and bemoaning <laughs> my fate. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it, it's a, I think it's a fun newsletter that people really like and it comes out every Sunday. Um, that's a great way to keep track of, you know, what's coming out, what I'm working on, you know, hints of things that are coming down the line nice. and, uh, and, and, and every, where I'll be, everything like that. So all of that you can get to from cullenbun.com. Nice. Nice. Well, Colin, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the time that you spent with us today. And, uh, man, I, I wish you nothing but the best. Hope we could do this again soon. Once uh, some newer stuff comes out, I would love to have you back and we could talk about that too, maybe. Yeah, you bet. You just, uh, you know where to find me. 
Sounds good. Well, thank you. Really appreciate it. And uh, have a great week. Thanks. You too. All right. Appreciate it. 